If your child was feverish and sick in bed, would you just ignore her or go sit with her, maybe put a, a cool wet rag on her forehead, try to console her? If your best friend's wife just died, would you just ignore him? Would you go tell him how sorry you were, ask him what you could do, just be there for him? Wouldn't each and every one of us go visit and try to console a loved one who is hurt or feeling bad? Of course we would. When we really love somebody, we want to be there for them, not just when times are good, but especially when times are bad. Then why don't we do the same thing for Christ our Lord? How many of us ever think about visiting our Lord just to console him for all the frightful abuse he suffers and has suffered in the most blessed sacrament of the altar. After all, our Lord explicitly asked for this in June of 1675 when he appeared holding out his sacred heart and said to St. Margaret Mary, Behold the heart that has loved this man so much that it has spared nothing even to exhausting and consuming itself in order to testify its love. And in return, I receive from the greater part only ingratitude by the irreverence, their sacrilege, by the coldness and contempt they have for me in this sacrament of love. But what I feel most keenly is that the hearts which are consecrated me treat me thus. Therefore, I ask of you that the Friday after the octave of Corpus Christi be set apart for a special feast to honor my heart by communicating on that day, by making reparation to it by a psalm act in order to make amends for the indignities which it has received during the time it has been exposed on the altars. I promise you that my heart shall expand itself to shed in abundance the influence of of its divine love upon those who shall thus honor it and cause it to be honored. Behold the heart which has loved man so much that has spared nothing, even to exhaust and consuming itself in order to testify its love. And return, receive from the greater part only ingratitude by the irreverence and sacrilege, by the coldness and contempt they have for our Lord the sacrament of the altar. He asks to make amends for the indignities which he's received in the time he's been exposed on the altars. Okay, Father, but how can we possibly bring comfort and consolation to our Lord right now who is happily reigning in heaven? Pope Pius XI answers that very question in his encyclical on reparation of the sacred heart. Pius XI, quote, If during his sacred passion the soul of Christ became sorrowful unto death because of sins, which were as yet in the future, but were foreseen, it cannot be doubted that then, too, he already derived some comfort from our reparation, which was likewise foreseen when there appeared to him an angel from heaven in order that his heart, oppressed with weariness and anguish, might find consolation. 
And so even now, in a wondrous yet true manner, we can and ought to console that most sacred heart, which is continually wounded by the sins of thankless men. Close quote, the Vicar of Christ. Christ our Lord not only wants our consolation, he's sitting there quietly awaiting our consolation and awaiting our reparation. Today, like no time in the history of the world, and as we'll see, that's not an exaggeration, today, like no time in the history of the world, there's an absolute need for Eucharistic reparation. There's an absolute need for fervent communions of reparation. There's an absolute need for devout Eucharistic adoration to make amends for the monstrous mistreatment of our Lord in the most blessed sacrament of the altar. During a talk this past week in Rome, Father Francesco Bamante, he's a chief exorcist of Rome, discussed the absolute need for reparation. He stated that we should not be surprised to learn that the center for the organized activity of Satanists throughout the whole world, the center is in Rome. Why? Because their main attacks are focused on the Catholic Church. The Pope, the Cardinals, the Bishops, the Priests, the Religious, and he especially pointed out the contemplative communities are under constant attack by means of the occult practices of the Satanists and especially black masses. I want to make a parenthetical remark here. With all due respect to other uh, groups, you'll notice they're not black synagogue services, not black mosque services, not black revival meetings, but the Satanists do black masses. They know who their enemy is. Every Saturday night, on the vigil of every great feast, and on the vigil of every great Marian solemnity, these Satanists gather. And Father pointed out in their ranks are many very famous and very powerful people. And from midnight to 3 a.m., during the hours that are exactly the opposite of the hours that our Lord was hanging from the cross, from midnight to 3 a.m., these Satanists engage in the most unspeakable blasphemous and sacrilegious rites which culminate in these horrible black masses at 3 a.m. During these terrible rituals, the Satanists desecrate consecrated hosts and then offer them to the devil. The obvious question is why? They make these offerings in order to obtain greater assurance the devil will grant their requests with a deep conviction that Satan will strengthen their own evil power and place other demons at their service. Father Bamante explained that because of these rites, there's a great and a constant threat that hosts will be stolen from our churches. Each Satanist is instructed on how many hosts he must steal for the next celebration, and that number may be as high as 20 hosts each. There are several ways that the Satanists steal hosts. First, at communion. He pointed out that one of these Satanists, when one of these Satanists come up to receive communion in the hand, he will then step to one side and while looking down at the floor, move his hands up towards his mouth as he turns, but with a sleight of hand move, actually keep the host in his hands, and then proceed to the back of the church, looking down the whole time, 
and then place that host in a bag and go out quickly. For big feast days, they will repeat this crime many, many times. Oftentimes, a whole group of trained Satanists will attend a Mass simply to steal hosts. Father pointed out that some will receive on the tongue using a special dental apparatus that he described that makes it possible to keep the host dry. Parenthetical remark. You may wonder how it is that someone like a Satanist under the dominion of the devil can handle a host without having some sort of strange demonic manifestations. The reason is that these people have willingly entered into a pact with the devil, accepting his lordship over them. As long as someone like this, who has willingly sacrificed his soul and body to the devil, as long as someone in this condition, a condition known as demonic subjection, continues to serve the devil as his master, the devil does not torment him with the typical behaviors, these obsessions and possession-type manifestations that we see in a possessed person. Okay, great, Father, but why on earth would anyone enter into a pact with the devil? Father Vamonte points out that typically someone sells his soul to the devil in exchange for riches, power, uninhibited sex, honors, vengeance, etc. Of these that enter the pact, some do not obtain anything they asked for. Some indeed do obtain an initial favor, but that's it. And then some suddenly start becoming fortunate in everything, gaining fame, success, profits, an important social position. But he also points out that at some point, almost unexpectedly, it all crumbles apart. Why? Because the devil is a liar, and he cannot give what he promises, even to his consecrated ones. End of parenthetical remark. Yet another way that Satanists acquire hosts is by becoming extraordinary ministers of the Most Holy Sacrament. Father pointed out that in parishes where these people are not very carefully vetted, It is an open invitation to the enemy, and that some extraordinary ministers are indeed Satanists. And finally, the Satanists also steal hosts right from the tabernacle. How do they do that? They will study a church very carefully, watching every moment over a sufficient period of time to find out where the priest places the tabernacle key. When the priest is lazy or stupid, and places the tabernacle key under the altar cloth, or even more stupidly, leaves it in the, whole, in, the, in the very tabernacle door itself, it's very easy for them to steal hosts. One member of the team will stop the priest and ask him, Father, can I speak with you, in order to distract him and keep him occupied, while the others quickly open the tabernacle and steal the hosts out of the ciborium. Now, they always leave enough so it won't be noticed that they've been stealing The whole procedure takes no more than one to five minutes, and they walk out. And, of course, they can keep stealing hosts from that tabernacle regularly. Father described yet another horrific activity of the Satanists. A team of five or six of them will enter a church, one standing guard outside. They'll make a circle around the altar and desecrate it with ritualistic profanations and curses. The whole ritual will be done in three to four minutes so quickly that no one notices a thing. Obviously, any church that's unlocked during the day should have a security camera. Father points out the result of these horrific crimes is a weakening of the action of the church in the world due to increasing demonic power. 
And he stated plainly that occultism and demonic activity is worse than it has ever been in the whole history of the world. He said that seminarians need specific pastoral preparation to prepare for what is currently going on and what is to come in the future. He stated plainly that great vigilance is, is needed to, record, to make sure that none of this happens in our church. And knowing that this is going on should stir up a great desire in the heart of every Catholic to make reparation. In that regard, he made a few specific recommendations. For example, he emphasized the power of the prayer that the angel taught the children at Fatima. Now, in case someone here isn't familiar with this, the angel appeared, this before they saw Our Lady, the angel appeared to him on a number of occasions. On the third occasion, the angel appeared holding a host from which drops of blood were falling into a chalice. And he left the host and the chalice suspended in the air and prostrated himself on the ground and repeated the following prayer three times. Almost Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I adore thee profoundly. I offer thee the most precious body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, present in all the tabernacles of the world, in reparation for the outrages, sacrileges, and indifferences by which he is offended. By the infinite merits of the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I beg the conversion of poor sinners. Amen. Father stated the devils hate this prayer. That during an exorcism, when the exorcist starts saying this prayer, the devil makes very violent reactions. They become even more intense during the phrase, in reparation for the outrages, sacrileges, and indifferences by which he's offended. And he points out the reactions get even more intense during the last phrase, I beg the conversion of poor sinners. He pointed out the absolute need for reparation. He especially recommends Mass with adoration through the night and Mass offered at 3 a.m. to counteract their evils. And he pointed out that this would be an enormous help to strengthen the faith of the whole church. He made a suggestion for every diocesan bishop, asking that every morning and evening in his private chapel, the bishop should pray an exorcism over his diocese, which would set up a great wall against demonic activity and serve as an enormous help against these evil practices. Okay, so that's what's going on in Rome. We're not called the church militant for nothing. It's a war. It really is a war. So what can each one of us do? In terms of prayer, we can get in the habit of saying the Angel of Fatima prayer daily or even more often. We'll put it in the bulletin. You can Google it. It's easy to find. You could add it to the end of your rosary. The rosary, of course, is such a powerful prayer. It terrifies the demons. They really hate that rosary. So we can make rosary reparation and conclude them with the Angel of Fatima prayer. Adoration. When possible, we should spend time before our Lord, the most blessed sacrament of the altar, making reparation for these horrible crimes and sacrileges. Those who can spend time before the most blessed sacrament from the hours of 12 midnight to 3 a.m. should consider taking an hour or so on Saturday nights or the vigils of great feasts or the vigil of a Marian feast. If you can't get out, consider a vigil in front of an image of a sacred heart in your own home. Or you might stop in for a holy hour somewhere between 
5 p.m. to 8 p.m. our time, Central Standard Time, that's 12 midnight to 3 a.m. in Rome, the exact time when these horrors are taking place over there. Of course, these horrors do take place here as well, but not at the level as they do over there. Of course, if you're going to regularly do these late vigils, you should clear that with your confessor. Communions. We can make communions of reparation. Besides the communions of reparation that we're accustomed to making on first Fridays and first Saturdays, we can make other communions of reparation during the course of a month. And finally, Mass. We can hear Mass more often. And offering up your Mass in reparation, making a communion of reparation at the same Mass, praying for the Pope and the Cardinals and the Bishops, we're talking about real spiritual power there. The idea for each one of us and the church militant is to become a spiritual terrorist, and I mean that. We can blow up all kinds of demonic strongholds in the process of our prayers and sacrifices. We should look at it in that way. Our prayers are unbelievably efficacious in those kind of ways. Of course, if it's all possible, try to make the first Friday vigil at Carmel. Quick review. We started by considering the fact that when we really love someone, we're there for them, not just when things are good, but especially when it's bad, which means that each and every one of us would have no problem going consoling someone we loved who has hurt or feeling bad. We've seen that our Lord has specifically asked for reparation for the indignities which his sacred heart has suffered on the altars of the world. We've seen that Christ our Lord not only wants our consolation, he's sitting there quietly awaiting our consolation, awaiting our reparation for all these horrific crimes. We've seen that the organized activity of Satanists throughout the world is centered in Rome, since their main attacks are focused on the Catholic Church. We've seen that from midnight to 3 a.m. every Saturday night, on the vigil of every great feast, on the vigil of every Marian solemnity, these Satanists gather and engage in an unspeakably blasphemous rite called the Black Mass, during which consecrated hosts are desecrated and offered up to the devil himself. We've seen that the Satanists steal the hosts at communion, out of the tabernacle when the priest is careless about the key by getting themselves appointed as extraordinary ministers. We've also seen that they ritualistically desecrate altars, and the result of these horrific crimes is a weakening of the action of the church in the world due to increasing demonic power. We've seen that we should respond with prayer by saying the angel of Fatima prayer, rosaries of reparation, with adoration, by spending time before our Lord the Most Blessed Sacrament, before an image of his sacred heart, with communions of reparation, and finally by offering up our masses in reparation. Let us never grow tired of calling down the precious blood. Let us never grow tired of it. Let us never forget, for even a moment, even the tiniest drop of the precious blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is infinitely more powerful than all the weird, occult, and blasphemous rites that any Satanist or all the Satanists throughout history can ever do. One tiny drop, infinitely more powerful because it's the blood of God. Let us never, ever grow weary of calling down the precious blood on our suffering world. Let's close. Please kneel and unite yourself to me as I pray the Angel of Fatima prayer as an act of reparation on behalf of everyone present here or who listens to this sermon. Almost Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, 
I adore thee profoundly. I offer thee the most precious body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, present in all the tabernacles of the world, in reparation for the outrages, sacrileges, and differences by which he is offended. By the infinite merits of the sacred heart of Jesus and the immaculate heart of Mary, I beg the conversion of poor sinners. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.